To the Saint Seiya Cosmocast, I am your host Ramses. Per usual, I am not alone. So, you guys, you guys want to introduce yourselves? And it's Common Rider Furry. Hi, I'm Nuri. Yeah, so, how are you guys doing this um, this time? I'm doing pretty yeah, good. It's I've been, been working uh, while since we recorded. Things, so it's nice to come back to saint Seiya after the little break that we had to take there but it's it's good to be all in the same virtual room with you guys all at once again instead of individually we can talk about that at the end of the show there but it's like but i but it was fun to do a lot of the things with, with you common writer furry so when at the end of the show we, we'll, we'll let you have the platform and discuss what you what you've been doing because it's really cool what you've been doing It's so much, so been, so much stuff that happening. Things, but uh, I'm glad that I'm glad I'm here. <laughs> yeah, no, it's it's really good. It's really good, guys. Trust me, you guys are gonna love what this what he's been up to. And and I, I'm totally, I'm totally gonna, I'm gonna totally support my, our, our companion here because it's really good. It's really awesome. So we have some things we need to discuss. We need to talk about. Um, we need to talk about a bit of news. A little bit of. Um, uh, so we have a discussion topic that, about the future of Saint Seiya, and we have, we have an episode discussion about episodes thirty-seven to forty. So there's nothing. For, there's nothing here for uh, housekeeping. Nothing at all. So it's like we don't need. Like we don't need to address anything other than hey, you know, the episode's actually doing really good. The last episode, like, apparently, really, everyone really liked it. We're popular now. <laughs> So that's good. It's, it's like you know, hey, like maybe we, maybe like maybe we should give like a little bit more of the movies a chance down the road. Yeah, it was a it was a fun um, sidestep there because like like we said in the episode, we were we're about to go into a new arc, so it just kind of felt like a good time to do a movie like a a sidebar for it. And plus, it's probably the best movie of the Saint Seiya franchise, so um, we started off on the best foot there. So other than that, like you know, there's nothing really much more that we needed to address. Also, another thing that people really liked was the idea of the net of the YouTube YouTube stuff and the stuff that we're sharing like on on our social medias. It's been really people have been really warming up to that as well. I need to share that more. I'm really bad at sharing things online. Um, I retweet it when I see it, but I need to like have a reminder set up so that I can be shouting that out a little bit more because i do like the short format and i was the one that was pushing for that a lot so <laughs> i should do a little bit better job yeah no and you did and that was a great and you did a really good job I, I that was a really good idea and it's been really helpful to us as well so all right um nuri do you have any thoughts any questions yeah i once we get into the topics probably we'll go a little further into it from there um, I was just going to say that I have some opinions about the topics going over today, namely the episodes we watched, because, oh my god, there was an episode that I, it was so hard, <laughs> it was so hard to watch. I really was, I was watching it, and I'm just like, man, I want to go back to watching Legend of Sanctuary. <laughs> I anyway, yeah, when that, when that time comes, we have to, because, like, even I was like, even me, I was like, no, I, I, I can't, I can't do this. I had to stop a few times. I was like, no, no, I can't do this. 
Anyways, so we have to start off with the news here. So the first bit of news is unfortunately, toy animation was hacked during the time that between the episode and literally our last episode and this recording. Um, nothing like nothing finalized has has popped up yet. But this is what's actually known so far. What's actually known is shows like One Piece, Precure. Um, um, Dragon Ball, Dragon Ball Superheroes the movie, and Digimon Ghost Game are all were all um, affected by the hack, and all of, all those shows have either been delayed and um have been delayed to a, to a time to become date uh, to TBA, or it, they're gonna come back in about four four or so weeks. So, how is this gonna affect Saint Seiya? Again, we don't know just yet, but like when once we once we get that information like known. Then we'll know, but it does. It seems like it is something affecting like every part of the animation process, right? And uh, I, 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 I can neither confirm nor deny. I just know that. Okay, usually on anniversary years, they do to, they might have some sort of new thing coming out. They hadn't announced anything, but I was under the impression that something was possibly coming. I know they had a pachinko game that was coming out, but they always have pachinko games coming. With this hack happening, if there was anything in the pipeline, we're not going to hear about it for a while. And so I'm not going to make any speculation about what things could be happening. I just know that when we know something, we'll talk about it. But as of right now, it's all hearsay. It sucks. It sucks that they were hacked. We don't even know what the ransom was. <laughs> all we know. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we, we don't have any, like active announced saint Seiya projects in the works right now that we know about there could be of course things going on that they haven't announced yet but so this this effect as far or this hack as far as we know doesn't affect saint Seiya in like a specific sense but if they were planning on doing anything in the near future this is definitely going to cause a delay to it because their immediate concern is going to be one piece and then the other ones <laughs> That's what I was gonna say. It's like that because I do remember that, like, well, I do remember that One Piece, um, One Piece Red that they're they're working on. So I'm pretty sure that is something that they're gonna be there. That's gonna suffer a lot of consequences down the road. So I said that was gonna come out in November. I would not be surprised if that comes out like next year. Again, that's just speculation on my end. I have no idea. I, I only saw a few, yeah, a few reports. Yeah, I only caught a few reports, and again. Toei is known for being hush-hush about these sort of snafus. <laughs> it's a very big problem for them to be hacked, so they're not going to be too crazy open about it, especially if there's any sort of legal ramifications that they have to go through. So, yeah. <laughs> I was just going to say, not to make totally light of the situation, but when somebody said that they, they got hacked, I was thinking like, Somebody emailed them and be like, I know what's going to happen in the next three episodes of One Piece because I read the manga. (laughs) Like, that's where my brain went. I know it's much more serious than that. I don't mean to downplay the situation. But it's like, at the same time, it's like, it's One Piece has been known for being more faithful than most shonen anime to its manga, like, as far as story beats and things like that. So when they got hacked and they were concerned about the future of One Piece, I was like, people don't know where the story's going, though, so why are they so mad? But it obviously is much bigger and more serious than that, but that's immediately where my head went. It was like, 
Anybody that's read the manga could be a hacker at this point. For all we know, they probably have another three movies that they're working on and they're mad about it. Yeah, and same with, like, other things as well, like, with, like, Dragon Ball superheroes. And, like, I know a lot of people in the Dragon Ball fandom that right now, that they're, like, they're in panic mode when they heard all this news. Cause, and they were, like, devastated when and they then heard that news about you, what happened. Um, and it's like, oh, I bet you man. that Ghost Game, because they, they obviously got information on Ghost Game, the Digimon Zero Two movie is supposed to be in the works, too, so I'm sure that'll be delayed. So there's a lot of... But again, I wasn't trying to make light of a serious situation because there's a lot of serious ramifications that's coming out of this and that's going to be kind of a sour note. And being a Precure fan especially, this is so hard to to hear that it's being delayed by at least a month because we had this same issue when COVID-19 started because um, a lot of people, and I'm just speaking in broad terms, a lot of people thought the that the last season that aired was kind of a lackluster season great characters but it didn't go anywhere but the co the the season um healing good that aired when covid first happened fans loved it and then fans really like this season that's airing and now it's getting delayed indefinitely too and it just seems like a curse that when they finally get the into the groove of the writing that stuff like this just happens like they haven't even debuted all three of the main characters yet, and it's going to be delayed for another month. Yeah, they've got all this merchandise out for Kira Yum Yum, and she doesn't even exist in the show yet. So it's just, yeah, it's it's not a good situation, and I feel like I'm not a huge Precure stan. I watch it and I enjoy it, but I feel so bad for the people that, like, that's the heart and soul of their anime, you know, obsession, because they're they're getting hit really hard with this right now. Mm-hmm. The visuals for that movie looked amazing because they, um, didn't they give Gohan Piccolo's like old like cape and and he's like, he's embracing his real dad. Well, the dad that actually raised him. <laughs> his real dad. I mean, you're not wrong. No, I mean anybody that watched the Dragon Ball Z, like the first season of Dragon Ball Z, like Go Goku did not raise his son. It was it was Piccolo. No, he well, he was dead for like half of his second son's life. So like, no, <laughs> Goku, a literal deadbeat father, like dead, deadbeat. He didn't raise any of his children. He's got like, what, two or three now? I don't even think he was there when he was born. Like, yeah, he was there. He was dead the whole time, my man. Like literally, literally. <laughs> Yeah, so like I said, well, until we get more information, which I doubt, because that's gonna be a long, long time until we hear like the like the the ramifications of like, everything they've done. Because like I'm very sure there's a lot of projects that we've known that those are the only projects that are, that are known, and those are the projects that, that have been like affected. But we don't know how much like behind the scenes stuff got affected as well. Like there's and there's so many other shows that Toy makes. You gotta you gotta realize it's like they 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 work on a lot of stuff. So, like, and then I'm pretty sure a lot of stuff is under NDAs. A lot of stuff is, like, under, like, a lot of strict contracts. A lot of stuff that they, that they cannot talk about. So, it's, like, until, until, like, we won't even know the ram We won't know the full scope of what happened. Maybe for, like, a couple, maybe for, like, next 10 years or so. Like, that. that's usually when NDAs, contracts usually expire and stuff like that. So, yeah. And, unfortunately, like, they're going to keep a lot of stuff under guard, under guard with all, all that stuff, so. We won't know until Toei tells us. 
And like I said, like we Saint Seiya might be affected, may not be affected, but you know, it's want to be on the safe side because of what's been going on. It, it it it's it's something that we have to like take we have to, we have to take concern. On happier news, for at least South America and Mexico, um, Toy entered an agreement with HBO Max, which is Warner Brothers, and they've been they've worked on importing a lot of their animes to their HBO Max. Some of the animes that are known so far to be on their services is going to be One Piece, every Dragon Ball uh, Dragon Ball series, Saint Seiya, and Sa- and Sailor Moon. So yes, South American and Mexican fans, you are very lucky. I am jealous. Dragon Ball Z, not so much. The rest of it sounds sick. Y- yeah, you have to go to uh, yeah, you have to go to ten different streamers. I was gonna say outside of Saint Seiya, we have most of that. It's just ours is a little bit more spread around. The the anime the anime boom just made a hellscape for licenses because everybody just kind of grabbed what they could and if it sometimes it was a hit and sometimes it was a flop so like Sailor Moon's been with like four or five different licensing companies in the US and a bunch of different streaming services and like Netflix has its grips on it now but like maybe just Crystal it's it's just Hulu is airing the Viz dub it's weird YouTube has the movies for free I don't it, it's all over the place we don't have everything in one spot that's mainly what i'm jealous of it's like being able to open an app and have everything there like yeah like i i would really like to rewatch dragon ball gt now that i'm not a stupid child that thinks that it was dumb because he was a little kid for half of the first arc like that would be nice with my adult brain non-stupid adult brain go back and rewatch it um because i just i was like i just want to get to the super saiyan 4 and then I gave up watching it. Um, but yeah, it would, it would just be nice to have it all in one area instead of having to scavenge around here and there. And, you know, some places have old dubs, some places have new dubs, some places only have the subtitles, some don't have the subtitles at all. So I, I really hope that uh, HBO Max, because I, I personally love HBO Max. They make some really quality stuff, um, you know, because HBO has always made some pretty good stuff. And um, I... <laughs> Don't watch Euphoria. I mean, it's good, but don't. <laughs> no, Euphoria is... I just binge-watched the first season. Um, it's something. I like Zendaya. <laughs> I, I, I like... My knowledge of Euphoria is TikTok makeup videos. That is my knowledge of Euphoria. <laughs> Euphoria is like... For like where Degrassi got in fourteen years, they got like twenty minutes into the pilot episode. Because like they they had a trans character that was, but I I really like that nobody makes a big deal that she's trans. Like everybody knows, but nobody really cares. Like or like freaks out about it or is prejudiced. Um, there's people you know being promiscuous. There's like a closeted gay character. There's a drug overdose, like all these things that took, you know, years and years for Degrassi to build up the character development for Euphoria is just like, bam, and just slaps it into episode one. Um, but yeah, it's. And I, and I love, and I, and I freaking love Peacemaker. I, I didn't, I, I hated the Peacemaker. It, I hated the character so much in the, in the, in the last Suicide Squad movie. And 
they somehow made him just this sympathetic, amazing character. And I was like, I want to see more of this. It's incredible. I loved it. Well, it's John Cena. You can't hate John Cena. But I highly, but like I said, there's a lot of great things on, on HBO Max. And like I said, like we just mentioned two shows that like they, they kind of push a lot of it. They push a lot of boundaries, like in terms of like subject matter with like euphoria and like blood and gore and like sex and shit with uh, with um, with Peacemaker. A show like Saint Seiya with lots of blood and stuff like that, it will fly on that. It will fly. It will fly. Yeah, but so often, like these streaming services that don't have a lot of experience, like Netflix has a lot of experience in anime, but like Hulu, like not to put Hulu on blast, but they just toss all their anime into one category, and you have like cutesy little like children's anime right next to fucking Berserk or something, and it's like. They this should be organized a little bit better. That not all anime to quote that terrible ADV commercial from two thousand two, anime is not just kid stuff. And I think I made that joke last episode, and if I did, I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> I make that joke a lot, to be fair. A lot of blood, though. I don't know. Like, yeah, it's a lot of blood, but it's a lot of cartoon blood. I mean, yes, there's violence and stuff like that, but comparatively to what's on TV now, it's not that bad. It's from the 80s. It's an 80s anime. It's not like it's Gantz or something. Yeah, they have a they have a little bit. I don't. I haven't really dived very deeply into their anime because for reasons we will discuss later i've been binging a lot of older stuff so most of the stuff they have on there is a lot newer um to kind of appeal to like the today's like teens um because we've talked we could talk about it over and over and over again about how a lot of kids these days don't see the the like beauty or the importance of like cell animation from back in the day because it's so sleek and streamlined now. So that's mainly what they have on there. They have a few older things, if I'm remembering correctly. But um, it's not my go-to place for anime. It's not like Netflix or um, like Crunchyroll slash Verve or anything like that. No, no. It, it's it, it just like that's so that's such a thing. Like, because like to, to say... To, to speak to the positives of HBO Max is yes, they would be able to moderate what goes where in terms of content. Like, yes, you're not going to put, even though I am like, hey, it's an 80s anime, it's not that bad compared to most things. They're not going to put Saint Seiya next to Precure, <laughs> you know? And so, but that's like, because uh, I have experience of that in real life, because I, I went to my dentist's office to tell you how old I am. You know, I'm talking about my dentist and I happen to have an enamel pin on my shirt or my vest or something that's in, like from Sailor Moon. And she's talking about her children loves, her 11 year old loves watching anime. And she's talking about like the Forgotten Neverland or something, which is not, that is not for an 11 year old. And I'm like, no, <laughs> I'm like, you let your child watch that? And she's, <laughs> no. Even I, even I can't, even I can't even, even I, even I as a delight, that's a, that's a rough watch for me. Right, and I was like, you, do, have you seen that show? You let your 11-year-old child watch that? She's like, why, is it bad? I'm like, yeah, dog, it's not good. It's not good for 11-year-old brains. <laughs> not even the Wikipedia, just look at the, they tell, 
they will have like the what is it the ratings on the television before you click the show i'm gonna say too it's like but like but you know going let's 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 reel this back a little bit here because there's some there is some like hope for this there is something because like i i have hbo max i did notice that there's a like they have some anime on there i believe they have uh juju kaisen um they have that series on there and i do like tokyo avengers they have that as well yeah and i was and just just to close things off here um the reason why i, I think that I, one of the interesting one of the interesting things that they did was um they um toy got toy actually did this disagreement like at with to warner themselves so like they're now the official like people that are directly responsible for doing a lot of their stuff in south america and mexico so like they sub so like they were able to like like I, they were able to get a lot of stuff that that's like scattered all around and put it in one place so when we get to our discussion about stuff that I think later on that like what we see in the future of Saint I honestly believe something like that might happen. But again, that just that just for that's when we get to our future discussion in just a little bit. Well, the good news is, and and not to prolong this a bit more, but the good news is is that um, I don't know if you guys saw, and I'll get I will tie this into the main point. Just bear with me for a second. Um, Netflix shows, just because they're Netflix original doesn't mean they're going to live on Netflix or only be available on Netflix forever because Disney just bought out their um, old Marvel TV show. Mm-hmm. Daredevil and all of them are now are now on Disney+. Plus. So if Toei did want to put everything Saint Seiya in one place, the 3D animated Netflix show isn't necessarily bound to Netflix from now until the end of time. They could, if they wanted to, move that into another streaming service or another arena altogether. So I, I just wanted to tack that on because like you, you were talking about everything being in one spot. And there are people that really did enjoy that. I, I, I didn't necessarily enjoy it as much as everybody else, but there are people that really liked it. So... um it, and I don't ever want, I wouldn't want somebody, because I, I have the bad habit of, like, being the one that likes the odd season of something. Like, my favorite season of Sailor Moon is Super S, which is everybody's least favorite on the planet. I, I, I enjoyed it. I, I liked it. I love it. <laughs> and that's kind of how it goes with most things with me. Um, so I wouldn't want my favorites to be excluded just because they're not popular or just because the, the fandom isn't super on bored with it or whatever because at the end of the day if toei owns it it's going to cost them zero dollars to make it available for streaming so why not you know yeah it wouldn't hurt and again i i fully admit that i was probably one of 10 people who actually watched the cgi show and enjoyed it again i enjoyed it for probably the wrong reason i was like oh man this is a trip this is bizarre and weird and i don't understand where they're thinking with this but i will watch it because it is hilarious to me for them to go this direction it was interesting and that was why i was into it but again i'm somebody who doesn't mind trying out things just for the novelty i mean that was the originally the reason why I watched Saint Seiya Omega and now it is one of my favorite seasons of Saint Seiya. People can argue it's canon continuity or all they want. I love it. I'm gonna be right there right next to you and I, I totally agree, totally one thousand percent agree. It's like once you experiment with a lot of stuff, then you'll be you'll be surprised what you what you can find. 
That said, I do not like the second season of Saint Seiya Omega. Do not tarnish my reputation. The first one is the only valid one. Okay, I'm gonna stay quiet on this one. I'm gonna, I'm gonna like back down on this one, because I, I, I respect my co, I respect my co-worker and I respect you as a friend. But I'm not gonna have this, so I'm not gonna have an argument here. Yeah. <laughs> well, here's the thing. Here's the thing. Here's, the, here's my like. I'm gonna, I'm gonna give you my. I'm gonna just. I'll, I'll lay out some of my cards because I do want to talk about this eventually. Eventually. That's just my opinion. I, I I only know of one season of Saint Seiya Omega. The other one doesn't exist except for the ending because the ending was kind of valid. Why do I? Why do I feel like I'm? Because I haven't watched Omega yet. I feel like I'm gonna be like the the child and the parents are divorcing and I have to choose one of the parents. Like either I hate it or I love it and I have to pick right there. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> you don't have to pick. Eventually, we will have an entire discussion on Omega. I will fight for that. The reason why I like season two is because I like how stupidly, like, toyetic it was. My, my issue was, I guess, kind of the opposite. It felt very, compared to season one, which I felt had... My issue with a lot of quote-unquote sequel seasons of shows, kind of like Baruto and whatever for Bleach, for Naruto or... The, the new bleach where it's about the kids my usually my issue with that is that it doesn't feel they're basically retelling the story with new characters but the characters don't have the same stakes that the originals do like with Boruto it's like hey I want to be Hokage and it's like why your dad's already the president why do you want to be Hokage other than to <laughs> because it sounds cool your dad was abused and mistreated by the people around him that I understand why that makes sense. Like, with a lot of those shows, it's like, I don't care about these new characters. They're just rehashes of the old. With Omega, it felt like they went in a different direction. They had characters who were, yes, tied to the original cast in some way. Either as a child or some some sort of connection to, you know, the the original cast. But they were still individualized. They still had their own motivations, their own stories. The villains were so good and so for it to then go to season two where it felt like again kind of that rehash of oh this is the same story all over again just with new people painted on I'm like you went backwards <laughs> you went the opposite direction and that's, and that's one of the things that's like I do real and that's one of the things I, I, I will acknowledge and that is that is a good that is a good point I, I am not gonna argue on that on that one because like that you make a good point you make an absolutely valid point. I'm not going to argue on that one. I'm not saying we have to argue. I'm just saying that when we go over Saint Say Omega, I have so many opinions. I have a whole list of opinions on my phone. All right. You know, but you know, speaking of the future, speaking of looking, speak, speaking of like the, the next generation, speaking of people that see, see things in the in the, the eye, the, our mind's eye going forward. We have to we have to kind of address like one of the things that was addressed in our spreadsheet was some people want to know like the future of Saint Seiya, and that kind of like sparked a lot of a good conversation with between all of us and like in private and it was like, you know why why don't we why why don't we take a dive here for a few minutes here and just like indulge ourselves into like the future and just have a discussion as to like what we honestly believe will be the future of the franchise, either here in the United States in Japan. Um, and other and other medias as well. So, um, 
now we start with uh, why don't we start with Nuri? Ladies first. Sure. Um. So again, this is it, it's this is the thirty fifth anniversary of Saint Seiya. Again, I have no idea if they plan on releasing on doing any sort of what's the word commemorative thing other than maybe a new toy line or something like that. I would love to see a new season or a new movie. I love movies. That'd be fun to watch. And oh my god, if they could do Legend of Sanctuary 2 and do freaking the Poseidon arc or the Hades arc, I'd be over the moon, but I don't know if that will ever happen. Um, in terms of the future as the franchise, I would like it to be more... I, again, I'd love it to have... A, even if Toei had their own streaming service that people in North America or other Western countries could watch and have a place to watch it consistently would be great. Um, I'm not sure. I mean, Toei is going to keep milking the cow that makes money. That's why they still have 10 million Dragon Ball Z things happening at once. Why One Piece has gone on for, what, a thousand episodes now? They're going to keep going for where the money is, so... I would like to think that Saint Seiya has a future for at least a little while longer. I know that the manga, I think, is trying is starting to wind down, possibly. Uh, it might be where they kind of do like what Inuyasha did, where they just do like a final season to round up the show. No idea. But I, that's what I think possibly is going to be happening. I thought about this for a long time. <clears throat> because I have some strong feelings about this, so I'm going to try to make them as concise as possible. So flashback to 2014-2015, Toei rebooted online in the same manner around the same time two shows. They rebooted Sailor Moon with Sailor Moon Crystal and Saint Seiya with Saint Seiya Solo Gold. And they chose two very distinct ways of doing both of them. Sailor Moon was a retelling... And Saint Seiya was a continuation sort of AU nonsense. It it wasn't it wasn't a, a retelling of the original series or the original manga. So they had two different ways of doing, and I really think that they were trying to see which one would work. Because this they were releasing them online only. They were releasing them bi weekly, so you had to wait two weeks to get a new episode. And they were done in a very similar animation style, this like kind of 2d 3d hybrid sailor moon obviously did much better with everybody's gripes with sailor moon crystal about its pacing problems and about its animation errors that later got fixed but it still was kind of stiff to the controversies over the music and, ev and everything combined it still did loads and loads better than soul of gold unfortunately so i think that We've had three seasons of Sailor Moon Crystal now and the two movies for the fourth season. They, the se season three was really good. Um, season three is where it kind of found its groove because the first two seasons, they were literally adapting almost panel for panel into animation. And I don't know if you've read the Sailor Moon manga, but it's kind of breakneck speed because back in the day, it was like, you would have weekly serializations and monthly serializations. So it didn't seem like the story was moving as fast, but when you read it, like in a combined volume, it's like one, two, three, it's like Sailor Moon's introduced, Mercury's introduced, Mars is introduced. They go to the dance with Tuxedo Mask, Jupiter's introduced, Venus. Is so it's like, it's really fast. Whereas the anime had a lot more fluff to it. The original anime. 
Um, and that's what most people remember. So season three of Crystal, they kind of got into the groove of it doesn't necessarily have to be panel for panel, but still have the spirit and the main plot. And then the Eternal movies are just fantastic. Everybody watch Sailor Moon Eternal on Netflix. It's amazing. But my point is, is that I think that now they need to give Saint Seiya the same treatment to redo the old series with new beautiful animation have it be closer while not panel for panel but closer to the manga's story and the manga's pacing so that we're not stretching it out into you know 114 episodes again but we're getting the story we're getting the essence of it but it looks new and beautiful and that's what i think they should really do and i think that's what they should have done when the soul of gold was originally out but i do think that they were playing with you know, if Soul of Gold did good, we probably would have got a Sailor Moon sequel, you know, later down the road instead of all these remakes of Sailor Moon. So I think they should take what they learn from Sailor Moon Crystal and have like Saint Seiya Cosmo or something like that, like a, a retelling that's not the Netflix, <laughs> that's not the Netflix retelling, just it's, it's something much more faithful to the manga. Not that the anime strayed super far from the manga. Um, but because they were kind of happening parallel, just like with Sailor Moon, a lot of differences had to be made just to allow time for the manga to be written, um, which is a tale as old as time for anime in Japan anyway. But I just that's my personal, what I personally think they should do um, for Saint Seiya in the future. And sorry for that really long soapbox. No, that's fine. You're perfectly fine. You. That's, that, that's why this is why we. I gave you guys the soapbox, and I'm glad you guys are using it. I just I think that it could be I think it could be something really cool and special if they if they did that and they like I said it took them a couple seasons of Sailor Moon Crystal to learn what works and what doesn't work but they that mold that they found out that groove that they found out could easily apply to any of their classic shows that need to be remade and I think Saint Seiya with it being the anniversary would be the perfect time to announce something like that with the hack and with the Netflix series not doing as well Will that happen? Probably not. But that's my dream. <laughs> oh boy, here's okay. So, what do you guys want to hear first? You guys want to hear the optimistic opinion, or you guys want to see the pessimistic opinion? Uh, go for pessimistic first, I guess. Okay, pessimistic. Let's 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 be hopeful. Let's 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 look at the future in a good way. Um, I like. I, the problem, my problem, I always have with Saint Seiya is that it's always going to be the bridesmaid. It's never going to be the bride. It's never going to catch a bouquet. It's always going to be the bridesmaid. And that's going to be the unfortunate thing. But it's going to be, it's still going to be very beloved. It's still going to have some sort of love. And I honestly believe that you know um, that there, 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 that there's, there's going to be a, there's going to be a third resuscitation for this for the original series. I honestly believe that there's that some way. Thanks, thanks to how the series was doing on Netflix and how people were responding to the original series on Netflix, I do honestly believe that someone's gonna take it up, either High Dive or 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 the um, or or C, um or uh, what was the company again? Uh, AMC AMC Plus it might be on on their on, on their services or it's gonna be on Crunchyroll or some other place, but it's gonna have that it's gonna have a third life. And I do hope it gets that third life it needs because I do honestly believe that it was like that dub was like the shot in the arm that it needed, 
it's just it was saddled with something else, and I think that's what soured the experience of like the of the of the original series. But it's like it. I do honestly believe that it's gonna have it's gonna have a, it's gonna have a third life on on another streaming stories now that everything's been dubbed and everything like that. It's gonna be like just it's gonna be the go to, and I do honestly believe it will succeed there and it will stay there for a while. Um, I honestly believe too. That thanks to like the word of mouth and the word, the word of mouth of like how the series was doing on Netflix, I honestly believe that the that we're gonna get the cousin buns of the of the original series republished in the United States because I've noticed they've been, they've been republishing a lot of mangas as of late that have been way that have been out of print for so long like Fist of the North Star, Jojo's Bizarre Adventure, all that stuff that's either not been published or not or has been published in the last twenty years. I do honestly believe that they are going to find a way to publish the the, the Cotton Bonds um, version of the series or the final editions of the series, which I doubt because I think those are still go- ongoing in Japan. But the Cotton Bonds are just like that's like the definitive edition that you can get right now, and it's also been released all over the, all over the world as well. So I wouldn't be surprised if we do get like if we do get like a piece of that as well. And my boldest and most like Hopper and Dreamer, like pie in the sky, you know, the sherry on top, like the like the best thing that can ever happen is that, you know, there's one thing and there's always I always said this this one thing should happen. Saint Seiya needs to have its Dragon Ball fighters. And by that I mean, I mean a game that's gonna transcend transcend just being a normal two like three D fighting three D anime fighting game and actually be something that's that's using competitions and something that's gonna engage the fans outside of the franchise to be more engaged into it. That's why I think like I honestly believe that like in the near future, either not now or maybe in maybe ten years, maybe in five years or so, um they are gonna make like their Dragon Ball Fighter Z for Saint Seiya, where it's just gonna be this game that's gonna be tournament viable and everybody is gonna be really into it, and they're gonna and more people are gonna have their eyes attracted to their franchise, thanks to it not just trying thanks for the game trying to be like transcending not just being a normal uh, normal anime fighting game, but also like being an actual competition viable fighting game. It was, it is. They have a world, they have a world tour and everything for it. Yeah, and it was, it was, and it's like it's made by people. It's made by the same guys who made um, Persona Four Arena. So it's it's um, it's Arc System Works, but it's like that team that made that. So it's a very simple game to pick up, but it's a really good game. To, like it's a fun game to pick up. It's not their main team that's that's been working on Guilty Gear Stride. It's like their B team, and like I said, their, their B team is just as good. And like I said, they've been working on Dragon Ball. And they said um, that yeah, that it's that they're they're done with Dragon Ball for for the time being. So I like I said like I wouldn't be surprised like a lot of people are saying like oh man do One Piece because like they do because they did do a One Piece game for the DS for 3DS and it can use a lot of the assets just like what they did with the Dragon Ball Fighters game, but I honestly believe that they are gonna try to attempt to do something with Saint Seiya and I do want them to do, attempt to do something with Saint Seiya to elevate that series to like another level that that where Dragon Ball is right now. I think it would definitely help, but I don't know. Dragon Ball is just Dragon Ball hit at that right time. I I'm firmly I'm a firm believer that if they hadn't have dicked around for for lack of a better term with getting Saint Seiya over here, that Saint Seiya would be just as popular. I mean, 
if you look at Latin America, it's iconic in Latin America because it hit at the right time. It hit at that same time that that uh, Dragon Ball Z was booming. That all those kids wanted that like um, that that unique style of animation and the the fights and the like shonen really long running nonsense like. If we had gotten that on a tsunami block next to Dragon Ball Z, Sailor Moon, Yu Yu Hakusho, it would be massive over here. But the timing was just wrong. I don't know. I mean, uh, the timing was wrong and the dub was wrong because the dub did the very, the dub was not kind to the franchise because they tried to dumb it down so much. They tried to eliminate so much of the lore by making it easily something easy for kids to follow along with because i'll be honest with you i understand dragon ball z is a cultural impact it's it's iconic it's a much simpler story hey this guy's an alien he fights real good and these and like each season is like new people and they don't have other than hey it's an alien and they're very strong (laughs) saint Seiya is like has a lot to build up on it it's like hey okay well there's these saints and then there's this thing and it's greek mythology and then it's you know asgard is you know norse mythology and it's like okay we have a lot of things to build up to and we're trying to include all these you know myth myths and folklore into it and we all want to have this plot point and blah 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 it's a little bit more complex i'm not saying it's shakespeare but comparatively (laughs) yeah and and a lot of the just because they're fighting somebody doesn't mean they're a bad guy like especially with the gold saints without like not having all of the information they were just blindly following their leader like they were supposed to and same with some of the other well they might eventually become good guys but they were bad guys at the time or they're testing their or some of them are testing their strength like okay you think you can go you think you like I'm, i can't unfortunately until you can reach that power i cannot let you keep going forward yeah, so it, it was with Dragon Ball Z. I'm trying to think of an instance, but I can't. But like, if they're fighting somebody, they're a bad guy. Like, except for like the training segments. Yeah, but with Saint Seiya, it's a lot more complicated with good and evil because to the Gold Saints or to most of the Gold Saints, they see um, they see Seiya and his team as heretics because they believe that Athena is still in sanctuary and they think that this girl is a fraud. You know, so they don't think that they're doing anything evil. Whereas, like, Majin Buu comes to Earth to destroy Earth. Like, <laughs> Frieza goes to Namek to destroy Namek. Like, it's like, they are evil. Evil men's. Um. <laughs> right, they have come to destroy the planet. They're here to, to, you know, eat your soul or something. With Saint Seiya, there's a lot more nuance to be like, hey... You know, Aolia is fighting, but it's because he is trying to do the right thing that he's been taught to do his whole life. It's not his fault he's been lied and manipulated to. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he he's trying to make up for what he sees as his brother's wrongdoing because of the narrate the the narrative that the people around him gave his brother. And then when he finds out that his brother was good all along, like it it changes how he views events in the past. And then he gets hypnotized again, and it's just it's even more dumb. But, but we'll get to that. <laughs> <laughs> Don't call me out like this. Don't call me out. <laughs> yeah, I think that, that uh, let's keep let's keep that one for the episode discussion because that is something that we're gonna have to discuss. But um, 
I guess, I guess, uh, I guess the like, we could, well, I guess I can give a brief thing about the pessimist side of things. Um, it's gonna be brief. Um, like I said before, Saint Seiya is always gonna be this. It's it's the sil it's the silver it's the silver place. It's second place. It's the bridesmaids. It's never gonna be the main event of anything. It's never gonna get. It's never gonna get the the main. It's never gonna get like the main uh, focus on anything, unfortunately. And like like the current future is like I don't like I don't really honestly I like I honestly don't believe the series is gonna continue on Netflix. I honestly believe that that show is done, but they're just they're just delaying. A lot of people are delaying the inevitable. That's why they have not said anything just yet about it. And it's quite, and it's just like it's gonna stay that way for a little bit. Like like in the immediate future, I I don't I don't see like I don't see like any kind of big movements with Saint Seiya. As a matter of fact, I like I like I I feel like there's gonna be more doom and gloom with Saint Seiya before we can see a light. Like I said, like they, thanks to the hacking, we don't know what plans they did have for the 35th anniversary that's go ongoing right now, um, and there's just so much more that's, that we don't know just yet. And we just like, like I said, like right now with all this radio silence going around, with and you know, and toys doing their best like promoting things, but there really sounds anything on any new projects or anything like that at right now that I'm not very confident. In the, right now, in the immediate future of them doing something, but I do want them to. I do foresee something in the distant future. My, all I'll say on that is, you remember Toei is pretty old school. They've been around for a long time, and they're showboats. Like they like to have big press releases. They literally were sitting on top of all of this Digimon information, but they wanted to wait until the freaking Digimon con to announce it so they could have a big platform. Like, they want to make a show out of it. So we're not going to hear anything until the the bombshell is ready to be released. So I, while I will say that, yeah, it, it isn't looking super likely, we could wake up next week you know on tuesday and they're like okay so we just we're gonna have a big press release on friday big news you know power your cosmo hashtag and then you know everybody's gonna be in an uproar you never know but like they're not gonna say stuff until they're ready to say stuff so i just i i don't see the silence as a bad thing i just see it as kind of a neutral thing it's one of their properties it's one of their properties that's made them a lot of money they're gonna keep utilizing it in some way whether it's a mobile game that they're just gonna you know have gotchas on to get cheap money from or a puzzle game <laughs> i'll just say but I, i'm saying like companies do that all the time like um S sanrio take sanrio for example um we're we just got season four of agretzko which means it's probably dead <laughs> because netflix has a horrible track record with going past season five or four um but they Sanrio really doesn't do anything with Agretzko, but they have that mobile game and you can spend money on it if you want to. So like there's stuff there for the fans. It's a it's something that they own and that they can use free will. So Saint Seiya is kind of the same way. We'll see something of Saint Seiya within the next couple of years, but I don't know if it'll be like anything big. But uh we'll, we just won't know until we know and i i don't want to i know that you said it was your pessimistic take but i don't want to be overly pessimistic with everybody because it's these are this is a big franchise that they own they're not gonna just lock it up in a vault and forget it existed 
No, I, I have no, I, I don't think they'll do that. It might take a while for something to happen, but something will happen with this series. They're going to come back to it in some way, even if it's just another toy line. Hey, we all love toys, <laughs> so toys always make money. And, well, no, I was just going to say, it's, Toei is part of the, again, like you said, they are an old, 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 old media company. They have done things uh, kind of the same way for many years, and they're not going to change their formula here. They are, if they are going to do any kind of announcement, it's going to be a big show. Because that is what gets people's eyes on their things. Think of the Oscars right now. How they're trying so hard to promote the Oscars because they need to have that kind of buzz going around for people to care. You, you know, it's just viewership has dropped dramatically over years and stuff like that. With Toei, of course, they're not going to have little slips here and there. They're not going to be like have a tweet out tweet go out on a Tuesday and be like hey by the way we're dropping a new Saint Seiya thing and then they move on to something else they're going to be like no we need to build the anticipation build the news build the tension so when the news so when articles and stuff like that can speculate and it'll get more buzz and then people will get excited and then it just builds so yeah that that maybe that that's my thoughts and you know you I'm glad you guys I'm glad you guys shot down my my, my pessimistic side very quick cuz like you know I thought like and you know I I, I I try to say as much as I can like you know um, I, I, I try to say as much as positive as I can with you trying to be with you trying to be um, pessimistic but I do honestly believe that there is gonna be a future for Saint Seiya it might not happen now but I do foresee it in, in like the next year maybe next year next year year or two we're gonna see something really big and it's gonna change a lot of the landscape for Saint Seiya and like I said it's it like nothing Rome was never built in a day and I do feel that Saint Seiya it will have its time to shine and you know I'm starting to and we're starting to see the movements of that happening you know we have the show we have a lot more fans started coming in from the Netflix from Netflix runs either the CGI show or the when they were airing the original series we got we're starting to get a lot more attention to the series so I do honestly believe that it's gonna it's gonna take some time but I do believe that it will like it will prosper in some way somehow all right so yeah um well, let's uh, i guess i guess that's a good i guess that's a good transition for to talk about the episodes um that we got to talk about episodes 37 to 40 wow i can can i just say i have a lot of notes for 37 38 39 the only thing I wrote down for episode 40 is like, oh, there's June. Oh, boy. Oh, boy. I was so excited because the beginning episodes were some of my favorite because I love Aoya. And I was like, oh, yes, his heel turn. It's come. The time has come for Aoya to have his moment. And then we got to episode 40. That That's all I have written. Because it was just, it was like a super generic, like, we're, we've got to wrap up loose ends. And, um, and it, it, the thing that really pissed me off is that, so these episodes, um, and then the batch that we did before, uh, to a little bit lesser of extent, are trying to give each one of the Bronze Saints a gold counterpart to be like their, 
rival, I guess. Like they're the the person that they're obviously gonna go up against later. Yeah, like like obviously we know that there's gonna be a big climactic battle between Seiya and Aelia. There's gonna be a big battle between um Hyoga and Camus. Like they're because they're setting Yeah, they're setting these up. Like the and all of them felt really um what's the word I'm looking for? They they felt like genuine, like believable until we got to Shun. Because that was the most forced storyline of all time. Because Shun needed he needed a rival. He needed a motivator. He needed somebody to have a big epic fight with once we get fully into the sanctuary arc. So he he needed his spot in the sun too. But the way that they he was just like a leftover it felt like in this episode. Well, it, it, it was not necessarily that I felt that Shun felt like a leftover. They were just like, okay, we need to give... Because Shun is such a pacifist, you really have to fight hard to get Shun to want to kill somebody. <laughs> like, it takes nothing to get Seiya to fight. It takes nothing to get Shiryu to fight. You 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 don't need... To, you just go, Shiryu, go that way, and he will go punch something in that direction. Like, <laughs> there's you need nothing to motivate them to do that. But Shun is like, hey, no, maybe we should talk about this. Hey, let's try a different alternative. Let's do a different approach. That's how Shun works. And so they were like, well, shit, we have to have this kid who is a known <laughs> pacifist to be angry enough to want to go to Sanctuary and fight somebody. And so they're like, okay, I guess we'll use June and have this convoluted backstory about Andromeda Island. I know it's in the can. I know it's in the canon, and I and I also like later on when Shun does have his fight in Sanctuary and they do a touch on his teacher and everything. It's actually really interesting because it addresses a lot of stuff about Shun, how he's very strong and his teacher knew this the whole time and blah 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 blah. It's cool insight into Shun as a character. But it doesn't happen till later. At the moment, they're just trying really hard to make you think that Shun cares enough about Jude to want to kill somebody. Well, for me, it was more like, like I agree they they were pulling they were pulling a stunt to get him angry, but it's like that should have been the whole episode. That it should have been more fleshed out. It should have been more. It, it was literally packed into the last like four or five minutes of the episode of episode 40 it was just like the they spent so much time of say uh oh i've I've got to tell you know all of my childhood friends that i'm leaving oh yeah well, this is really sad and you know we have to get shitty you back and we have we everybody has to be all together and oh where's shun shun's always on time but let's not go find him because it's you know it's weird that he's missing but let's not bother to go search for our friend who this is very <laughs> No, we no, we just have to have twenty minutes of of Seiya talking to Miho, and I'm sorry, I'm sorry. I know there are Miho stands. I know people love Miho, and there is some to be something to be said about the normal girl, and the protagonist character archetype. I get it. She's fine. She's not offensive, but she's boring, and I don't care. I'm sorry. Right. Shouldn't we? I think I have to look. Go on. 
I love, listen, don't, do not, do not go up. Okay, I am a hypocrite, I will admit it. Shunrei is a normal girl as well, but she's also raised by Doko. I'm sorry, hello. <laughs> she also has enough power to fight a freaking gold state and her prayers pissed him off. But her, her purpose though, her purpose in the series is the exact same though. She's there to like be the the normal like um grounding factor for for her like love interest and it's just unfortunate that this episode drug on a lot more than the Shun like at least there was other things happening in the Shunray episodes like it was balanced out by like some action you know with with um Oko was that was his name right um yeah yes yeah, so it was balanced out with the Oko fights and things like that and the drama between the three of them but this just felt so sloggish like they it, there was so much of just like random children i don't care about playing soccer like at at one point i was so sure i wasn't going to miss any plot that i like got up and went to the bathroom and didn't pause the episode <laughs> and just came back like two minutes later and they were still talking i'm like oh good i didn't miss anything Oh my god! Why do we have to play soccer? I was so done. I was like, <laughs> um, I I made a com I, I made a comment when I was watching the episode because like we get we see like he's with the orphans and he's with uh and he's with Miho and I'm like, wait a minute, this is the last time th this is the last time we see these characters <laughs> ever, and I'm like, yeah, exactly, yeah, and that's why that's why I'm thinking like you know. Yeah, I, I'm I'm watching this. I'm like, and Miho's like, oh my god, Seiya, will I ever see you again? I'm like, girl, you're never gonna see this guy again. Girl, I am sorry, you're this guy is gone from your life. Congratulations, you you missed that opportunity. That boat has already sailed off, and you're never gonna see that guy ever again. Ever, other than like, I, I, I think other than like, I think in like the Hades OVA, you briefly see Miho just staring up into the sky. I think that's the last time you ever see her. You never see the kids again. I don't know why the kids are even there. Oh, it reminds me of Naru from Sailor Moon. How, like, by season four, she doesn't exist. Like, I'm sure she still goes to the school and she still sees Usagi around and Ami. But she just, they just, she just vanished. Like, Sailor, like, Usagi Sailor Moon just dumped her for her new group of friends. And I mean, like, she's kind of busy, you know, because they're not just friends. They're also, like, fighting evil, you know, and and chasing love interests. Yeah. Fighting evil by moonlight and winning love by daylight. And so she, her schedule's pretty full. But uh, but still, it's like, she that was her best friend. And she just, like, draw. And then there's the two other friends from the very first season that midway through the first season just vanish. Oh my god, I just know it I just know his name is Melvin. I don't remember his his actual name. His name is Melvin. No, there's there's two girlfriends that that she has that hangs out with her and Naru. Like there's like a chubby one and like a really skinny one. And like after she meets Ray, they they're gone. Like just midway through first season, they're gone. So it really feels like Mio is the Naru of St. Seiya's, like, super important early on, but then once the whole cast is there, just bye, like, we don't need you now. I was gonna say, but un unlike, unlike Miho, uh, Miho, um, uh, Naru w was actually something they created in the manga, so, like, she, that's why they were able to, like, keep her in for longer than she should. Miho was an original creation for the, for the anime for St. Seiya. That's why they're like, I think we're cut up, I don't think we need, I don't need, I don't think we need this character anymore. 
We, we don't need Miho or these children. These stupid orphans who just want to play soccer and punch Seiya in the butt. Like, oh my god, I cannot stand those kids. I feel so bad, but they were the most annoying side characters who kept coming up. I'm like, why are you here? And then, like, they, like, there was, like, a serious moment where, like, because I, I, I would not have mind, minded Seiya getting with Miho, like, in, in, for, like, the end game if that ever happened. I wouldn't have cared. I very much think that Seiya belongs with China because I love China so much. And <laughs> I, don't, I, I, I have thoughts about that. We won't get into that. That's not important. Yeah, and, and and she, I mean, she's either got to kill him or marry him. We've already established that, so let's hope that she marries him. Um, but, but just the, the protagonist, the the title character of the show is just dead at episode forty, and we move on. Like we still got sixty more episodes to go, people. No, um, but I I wouldn't have minded them getting together, but like the there was like this part where like it looked like that's what they were gonna go for. And then, like, the kids, like, pop out, like, spying on them. And I know it's supposed to be, like, a funny haha moment to, like, relieve the seriousness of them, like, saying their goodbyes and, and being emotional or whatever. But, like, we do you want us to root for them to be together or not? Like, make up your freaking mind show. But, uh, obviously, they don't want us to root for them to be together because she just kind of fades. She, like, gets Thanos snapped into dust and goes away. <laughs> she, like, the thing is... All right, it's so funny to me. Like they, the the Miho's whole position in the Saint Seiya verse is strange because, like we said, she it's kind of like, why are you still here? What is your purpose? Why? We I understand she's supposed to be like the grounding force, kind of again, like the Shunrei equivalent. But it's like once he has left the orphanage. Like, that's it. Like, it's not like they were grew up together past the orphanage. He was gone by the time he was, like, seven. And then they only met up again when he's 14. Like, with Shunrei and Shiryu, they grew up from being children. And, like, they stay together for, like, the rest of their lives. You know? With Miho, it's kind of like, why are you so attached to this dude you knew when you were five? <laughs> that's bizarre to me. I don't know. I thought it was weird. But then, like, you know, they set up in kind of, like, the early episodes how they kind of have it. It almost seems like they're trying to do, like, a love triangle with Seiya, Saori, and Miho. Because there's, like, an episode early on where Saori goes to visit Sh uh, Seiya at his apartment. And he's, like, just out of the shower and he opens the door without a shirt on. And she, like, blushes and they get awkward. And I'm like, girl, you've seen him without his shirt on and also bloodied and dead. Like... Come on, why is this new news to you? <laughs> you just saw him beat the crap out of Shiryu like two episodes ago. <laughs> and you watched from your soapbox and like encouraged it like you were... Like a sociopath. <laughs> so for them to like set it up for like it almost to be like a love triangle, but then nothing ever happens because Seiya clearly does not reciprocate <laughs> Mio's feelings. Because she's like, will I ever see you again? He's just kind of like, I don't know. Okay, bye. <laughs> like, man. Saya doesn't really reciprocate anybody's feelings, though. Like, he's he wants to fight. He, he, he likes the battle, and he's not focused on romance or really anything other than punching people. <laughs> he's a simple man. Well, I just mean, like, I, I just mean in terms of, like, at no point is, is he ever, like, 
have like a genuine like heart to heart moment with he- with Miho. He's kind of like, "Hey, I'm going to leave and I know you're going to be sad, but I got to do this." Like with Saori, he gets like very personally invested and obviously because she's Athena and whatever. But, you know, he's like, hey, I'm here to defend you. I'm here to lay down my life for you because I have come to terms with my role and I care about you that much that I would do that for you. He, like, when we get to the episodes at the end of Sanctuary Arc, the kid goes through a lot. (laughs) And he, like, seems to at least genuinely care about Saori, in my opinion. So for, with Miho, it very much feels like he's also like, hey... We knew each other for, like, two years when we were at an orphanage. <laughs> you know, it's nice meeting you, but also see ya. <laughs> and he was, like, this is around the time in the show when he's also really focused on, you know, where is his sister? And I feel like Miho's main purpose mm-hmm. was just to for say remind Saya that don't forget about your sister. She's alive, probably, most remind likely. Remind him. <laughs> And to kind of reignite that because that did come up in episode forty when he was she mentioned, I think I think it was episode it's one of the episodes we watched. Today. I'm pretty sure it's forty though. I think it was thirty. It was thirty nine. I think where she like mentioned. I think where she mentioned Seika. Yeah, where she's like, remember your sister? That major plot point that we haven't talked about in ten episodes. <laughs> remember that thing that you know when you fought Misty and yeeted him into the sun. Remember that. <laughs> right, the reason why you became a saint in the first place and came and kicked down Sauri's door when you were when you finally earned your cloth. Remember that? Remember the setup of this series? So I I think that I, I don't know. I, I think that was probably one of the main reasons they put her back in as a more easy way to, to get that plot point back because you know it like we said earlier, Saint Seiya's plot, although it is a kid's show, for a kid's show it's pretty complex. So um, so there are some story points that don't come up that, that are iconic to the, the story, but they're, they're not constantly brought up. So it needed to be brought up because that is going to be something that um, has a place in this arc, more or less. And so the audience needs to remember that it exists. Like... It's like that, like a lot of uh, there's a trope in a lot of shows where there's a character that's stupid, so the other characters have to explain obvious things about their world, but that you know the viewer wouldn't know because it's a magical world or a fantasy world. So it's just another plot device. What? Yeah, like my my favorite show of all time, Slayers. It, it has such a complicated like magical world and like demon hierarchy and monster hierarchy and all this stuff super super complicated and but when something comes up that the audience needs to know gallery is just stupid and so lena's like god i can't believe i have to explain this to you for the 50th time and then goes on to explain it but it's the first time we've seen it as the audience and it's kind of the same thing it's like we haven't talked about the sister in a while we so we need to bring her up the audience peroxy Right, exactly. That's very much... uh, Yeah, Miho was basically there to be like, hey, by the way, before you leave on this epic quest to go fight people in Greece, I'm just going to remind you that you have a missing sister. And Seiya's kind of like, oh, damn, shit, you're right, I do! (laughs) I... And she's possibly alive, and also maybe Marin, so we're just going to leave that there again. 
And she's alive, probably. <laughs> They're the same age and they have the same birthday because... God... She had red hair. Marn has red hair. Definitely the same person. And they're both Japanese, so it's like, yeah, yeah, it all checks out, it all checks out. To totally, totally checks out. What drives me insane, spoilers for people who don't know the Marin Seika situation. I I'm going to say this here, and I will say it again when it comes up later. It infuriates me that that was a red herring, because there is, as somebody who is a writer, who understands the purpose of tropes and freaking context you cannot you cannot lead a horse to water and then punch it in the face and be like no it's acid what why it it it, it made no sense for them to be like oh yeah she's not actually seika by the way and like the fact especially because they even had the thing of marin having a brother that she also is looking for why would you put so much investment into this to be like oh by the way this is a wild coincidence that you both have siblings that are missing that would happen to be the same age as the other person but you're not related why to be to be fair, when that part came up, I was like, this might not be Seika. Because wouldn't she... Cause it's, the, Seiya wouldn't have recognized Marin as Seika because of the mask. Like, that's... Like... Oh, I did... Oh, okay, I didn't remember that part. I was going to say, like, because she... Well, Mar Marin claims that she has memory loss. Marin says that she knows that she knows that she has a brother that's missing. She doesn't remember his name or how he's lost. She said that she fell and hit her head. No, she says she doesn't remember. I she might be lying, but that's what she says. She says that she doesn't remember. And I'm under the impression that because then they also say that that's why Seika hasn't shown up for 10 years is that she also fell and had memory loss. Why? Why did you make it this complicated? You didn't have to add 10 steps. You had an A to B transition. You went from A to 7. <laughs> you went on a different wavelength entirely. Okay, spoilers over. <laughs> God, I just... I com I'd honestly completely forgotten about it. <laughs> I completely forgotten about how, like stupidly coincidental that whole storyline got eventually oh my god I, I'm, I'm mad about it 23 years later well the other um the other silver lady uh shina she got a lot of attention in these episodes oh my um, god shina and i shina is one of my top five favorite characters in the saint sia franchise not even just the this particular iteration i just i love her she then you definitely need to watch so, omega I I'm going to get off my case. <laughs> I, <laughs> stop calling me out. People are going to call me a fake fan, and I'm I'm going to get bullied. I'll I'm bully get you. Online bullied. I will. I am not afraid. To, you don't have to include this, okay? In the original, I'm not afraid to post a picture of gravitation on my timeline to scare you. How dare you? <laughs> um but anyway, back to the plot. The the episodes we watch. The the first one. Um. I just I love the Shina focus like I love seeing Shina fight oh God, I love yes. seeing her struggle internally with whether she actually wants to kill Seiya 
Like, she obviously doesn't, but she feels like she has to, number one, because he saw her face, and number two, because he's, like, Arl's, like, most wanted criminal at this point, um, outside right. of, quote, fake uh, Athena. Um, but I just, I, I love that she got the spotlight. I don't love that um, she's... I'm like almost dead. Like you think that she's gonna die? <laughs> and, I know. Um, it, there was one point in the episode because basically what happens is uh, Aelia interrupts the fight between uh, Shina and Saya and starts going ham. And he, the whole point of the episode is to show the difference between a gold saint and a bronze saint. That the, a bronze saint could never possibly touch a gold saint because they're just so fast that they. He doesn't. I, I, my my note says that Say needs to get more mocks because he only moves at one mock, and Silvers move at two or three mocks, but he moves at five mocks. Um, don't know what that means, but <laughs> it was so convoluted. <laughs> the, he he has a mock five. I, I all I was like, we're speed racer. That's all I could hear in my head was go speed racer. Um, but yeah, so the, the whole point of the episode is to demonstrate like the the power difference. But there's a point to where, like, the big point of the episode is that Shina, like, I guess surpasses a Silver Saint momentarily because Aelia said he couldn't see her. and He accidentally hits her instead of Seiya because she jumps in front of him. And then, like, initially, he's just going to leave. He was just going to let her stay there and die. And I'm just like, what? And it's only, like, after Seiya says something that he's like, oh, yeah, I can heal people, by the way. I'll heal her. Like... Why didn't you do that like five minutes ago? She's her heart might have been stopped for too long. She might have brain damage now. Like, do you know how the human body works, Alia? Right. What? Well, by the way, where was that? I. <laughs> what? What? Well, Aelia brings that up. He's just like, yeah, I can heal people. And he, by the way, he does that, like, later on. He That, that comes up again. But at no point does anyone be like, hey, you, like, again, spoilers for stuff that comes up. When Saori gets shot in the chest, no one is ever like, hey, let's go get her to a gold saint that can apparently heal people. Can all gold saints do that? Or is that just Aelia? Because Mu is also a gold saint. And he's the first one there. Why doesn't he heal Saori. Or is it why? I I know I know it's the arrow. Right. What what I I also mean like in terms of later on when, he, like when Hyoga is like, basically almost dead and Shiryu is also almost dead and like why is it anyone healing these people? <laughs> why are they all? just standing there as these 14 year olds with major blood loss and brain damage are left to take care of the situation oh they'll be fine they'll be fine they need to grow up they need to be stronger don't worry about it don't worry about it just walk it off walk it off walk it off <laughs> well I mean like he was he was literally like cause he talks about like how he isn't sure if she can actually kill Saya or not if she has a dinner or whatever and he like has this like really awkward heel turn like because he hits her 
and then he's just gonna leave and then say it's like no you need to like be held accountable for your actions like why did you hit her you said that like you obviously should have seen her there and then he reveals that he didn't see her there and it was an accident and then he's like now i'll heal her it's like if Saya hadn't have like called you out you were just gonna let her die like what why what's the point Well, I mean, I guess in his in, in his mind, she was, I guess, quote unquote, a traitor because he's still not sure about Saya because even though Saya convinces him to question Arles and he's like, OK, I'm going to go back and talk to the Pope and figure this out. He's still on the fence. So I think he might have been under the impression, ah, well, she got in my way because and, you know, if it turns out she was a traitor, then it's fine. If she wasn't. Oh, well, also, I guess. I killed, I killed, I killed another traitor. Good, good on me. That's that's another check mark. That's a, that's gonna, that's another, that's another, that's a, that's another gold star that, that the Pope's gonna put on. That Pope's gonna put on the wall for me for doing a good job. A, another win for Alia. I don't know. I, it, that was a very bizarre. And another, another thing though, I want to touch on really briefly because I brought it up the last time we covered episodes, so two episodes ago. But these people don't give a crap that these uh, these guys don't have their armor on like and and they're supposed to be like i i understand he's a traitor and they need to kill him or whatever but like they're supposed to be like the top notch like most respectable most honorable like fighters like the epitome of of a saint and if you look at the definition of a saint it talks about them being honorable but i digress like they like they're constantly coming after these bronze saints that apparently they could just like fly around the world in half a second but they've got to like give the bronze saint an extreme disadvantage just so they can kill him like it it bothers me like i it didn't bother me when i watched it originally but now watching it it's like why are they constantly going after these 14 year old children why are they attacking these kids well death mass death mass does it in his episode i think 37 or 30 no i think it's 38 38 and 39 is the episodes of death mass and i understand him doing it because he's a shit he's an asshole yeah i was gonna say i was gonna say i was gonna say like in, in death masses in death masses defense he's just a piece of shit so that's why he that's why, of course of course he's gonna be like yeah I'm gonna, I'm gonna i'm gonna try i'm gonna go after this blind defenseless dude defenseless saint who can't fight back of course that's his mo in, in the defense of death mask he sucks <laughs> at the end of the fight too he even says I, I don't want to bother fighting two gold saints and then leaves. Because he would get his butt kicked. Yeah, yeah. Doko, who who never actually transformed, but he still could have. And then uh, Moo, is, Moo comes in to help out as well. And he just straight up is like, I don't want to bother fighting two gold saints. And But he was... Because he's a jerk. He was definitely about to kill a like a handicapped teenager. But yeah, it's just like, he's about to kill. He's about to he's about to go up against a studio who's blind without his, without his cloth or anything like that. And just like, yo, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to miss you up, kid. But with um, Iodia, uh, with Iodia, I think like, you know, it's just like, you know, it's like he's at the perfect opportunity. He wants like, like, I can be in and out. I can, I can do, get out. I can do this quick. Well, not only that, Saya just got out of the hospital. Exactly. So it's like, oh, okay, fine. This is even better. He didn't even get out of the hospital. He escaped from the, like, he ran away from the hospital. So he wasn't even well enough to be discharged. He, he like snuck out of the hospital. I know. That kid, I swear. I don't know how he's alive. Uh, uh, Nobody does. Sheer willpower. But speaking of Shina and like, again, her inner 
you know, debate and her inner struggle with her feelings about Saya. Um, Aoya also saw her face. Why is that never brought up? Oh yeah, I didn't. I didn't even think about that. Yeah, he he can he saw her face too, but at no point is she like, well, I have to kill him or marry him. Which I mean, listen, Shina, if you had to, yes, if you had to. <laughs> If you had to choose, if you had to pick a man, Aloya is the best choice. Please marry him. <laughs> I mean, I would. Same, same. It's like we're playing fuck, marry, kill at this point, and we're going to kill Seiya and marry Aolia. <laughs> <laughs> and fuck Death Mask. For you. For, for, for you, Carmen. All right. I'm not, I'm not, edi- I'm not editing this. I am not editing this. This is going to be officially on, on, on record. It's been said. It's in the universe. <laughs> this is off the record. This shit. This shit. So you, 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 you have, you have, you have like, you have, you have like, you have, you have three days to like make a decision to tell me yes or no. Okay. I would, I would kill Saya. I would marry Iolia, and I would fuck Deathmask. I, I need this to be in like the little snippets, like the little, uh, like the YouTube shorts. Of... All right, fair enough. All right, I'm gonna put that down. I'll write this down. I'll write this down. Okay. Oh God, yes, I would be down with that. That's what I. That's what I'm gonna do. Like I, that, if if we, that could be a game that we could play at some point too. <laughs> Fuck Mary Kill. <laughs> we could we could do all females for you. Don't be don't be discouraged. There's tons. There's June. There's Marin. There's Shina. There's women. I should know. Yeah, there's Miho. There's at least four. There's there's at least three. <laughs> No, it's just like there's gonna be a soundbite of me saying, <laughs> and you could just kill Miho. It would explain a lot. Oh God, I'm not gonna. Uh, I can't believe that. Now there's a sound. Now, now. It would explain where she went. I can't believe I just said that. Now there's a. Now there's a. Now there's a. There's a bite of me saying that. Ramsey's killed Miho, and that's why she's not in the show anymore. <laughs> Anyways, right? Like she's at no point. She's like, okay, well, I have to either marry or kill Aloya. And it's like, and part of me, she's like, you know, because she knows Aulia wouldn't uphold that that role. Aulia's like, but weren't they weren't they weren't they close in the sanctuary anyways? No, he was close to Mara, and he wasn't close to Shina. Oh, any any anyway, that is a very good point that she doesn't care that he saw her face. It's maybe. Maybe because he's a gold saint, he's got a special. Yeah, I guess. Well, if I wonder if it's because he outranks her or something, like it could be something like that. Like it's because she's a silver saint, so it'd be disrespectful for a bronze saint to see her face. But they they never specify that, so that's just me trying to rationalize a plot hole that that Nuri discovered. Right, rationalize that. I I want to believe it's because she knows Aoya would never make her like adhere to that rule. He's he seems other than you know the child murder, he seems like a, a decent guy i mean he seemed really he seemed cool to i mean say looked up to him when he was growing up and he also defended marin when marin was being like race bashed by china and her friends like i personally like my my favorite thing that happened in these these batch of episodes that we watch and i actually rewound it to see if maybe she mentioned like my grandfather told me but she never did so sayori shows up and is trying to convince uh aelia that she's the real athena and so she starts telling him what happened with her brother or with his brother i mean uh 
Iolius, I can never say his name right. Um, but she's narrating this like she saw it happen. Girl, you were like an inf you were like a baby infant. I know. You, you were you were you couldn't even have memories, but she's like, and then he grabbed me out of my cradle and protected me from Arles and I'm just like, girl, like you, you don't how do you know this is fact? Like you were 6 months old. Arles isn't going to confess to it. You don't have memories of it. That's literally impossible and Alias is dead. Like Nobody can corroborate this. You're just like, if I was Aoli at this point, I'd be like, this bitch crazy. Like, why are you acting like this is firsthand knowledge? I'm pretty sure, I'm pretty sure, her father, I'm pretty sure her grandfather told her, told them anyways. Or someone must have told them. Someone. <laughs> I, I'm under the impression that, again, I'm trying to rationalize the plot hole myself. Is that, you know, she has memories of it because she's Athena or something like that. Yeah, I, I went back to see. Yeah, but why would... <laughs> But, but, but why would she not specify that? Why would she not say my grandfather told me about it? She she specifically is like, right. She specifically outlines it. Like she remembers herself. Like she was present during this thing. And I mean, she was present, but not co. Like, come on. There's a difference between present and coherent. <laughs> and so like, yeah, she treats it like she's like uh, all this, you know, eternal. I don't know. Maybe it's an ancestral memory at this point for her, but and and I know it's like I know I know it's in like a visual trope, and it didn't actually happen. But like, as she like at the end of her story, she's like posing there dramatically, and there's the big Athena statue behind her, and uh, Aelia's like, I don't know, I need more evidence. It's like, did you not see the huge like statue behind her, like right there? Did you not see that? Like, how much more evidence do you need? Can you? I mean, I mean, can. You... And also, like, not, not only that too. It's like you know, you're you're a, you're a gold saint. You can feel like, like, can't you like suss out? Yeah, I'm gonna say, can't you like suss out her cosmo? Be like, okay, that's a that's a bad cosmo. That's a good cosmo. That's an unknown cosmo. So it's like, like you can be like, huh, this cosmo's kind of weird. This this cosmo's kind of like this is this has a different feeling that I've never felt before. You could have just said that and be like, yeah, you know, your, your story checks out. Or even, like, just a normal human having a Cosmo, because that's something that you have to really train for, and she's, like, a little girl. I mean, I understand. I'm totally fine with him being like, hmm, I'm gonna be suspicious, because where was that the last 13 years? <laughs> I'm fine with him being like, I'm gonna ch investigate because I don't want to be wrong. That's valid. That's fine. He doesn't want to mess up the very tenuous reputation that he's built up for himself after his brother's quote-unquote betrayal. That's fine. I, I, I will simp for Aoya and defend him forever. Aoya 2022. You know, <laughs> hashtag. Whatever. Hashtag Aoya forever. But it's... The thing is, is that, yeah, she has this whole speech and he's like, He's like, oh my god, this Cosmo, she's incredible. I need to investigate this. And then he he does the stupidest thing where he goes straight to the guy she's accusing of murder. And he's like, did you murder? Or, did you murder? And I'm like, oh god. Like, what, what, what did you think was going to happen? What, Alia, what was your plan for you to accuse the Pope? For you to go to... Right. Why would you go to the strongest, most powerful man and be like, hey, are you a liar? No, I don't know what you're talking about. Look over there! Jeep! <laughs> Brain control! <laughs> I 
Arlos is like, damn, you got me. <laughs> you, ca- you caught me in 4K. Okay, I give up. I give up. I give up. I am the, I was the one who did it. And as a matter of fact, let me take this all off and you're going to see some real shit. <laughs> I almost got away with it if it wasn't for you meddling kids. And your stupid priestess. <laughs> and then and then back to Shina. I, I, I like she has the you know, she defends Seiya and she throws herself into the line of fire for him. And then Seiya's kinda like Please don't. Can people stop trying to die for me? My my best friend Shiryu did that and he's gonna keep doing that and that really sucks for me. <laughs> also 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 you better get used to people that sacrifice tossing themselves right at you. Because then you're gonna get used to that image like very quick. So it's just like, you guys are acting like I'm the main character of an anime or something. This is really weird. Right, that's what I'm saying. Like, poor Seiya is like, can we stop doing this? Because it's not cool for me. I'm 14 and I now have to face mortality. <laughs> it's going to be a long time. All right, speaking of, the by the way, the, the whole Sagittarius Claw thing where, you know, Aoya sees Seiya wearing it and he also sees the image of you know Aoyas behind him and he's and like basically Aoyas is just there to be disappointed in his brother how heartbreaking is that that the brother that you have been felt betrayed by the brother that you once idolized and who has whose reputation has shaped your own position within your home for the past 13 14 years just looks at you and is just like cringe bro like come on just like just just being just almost being a judgmental dickhead it's like really dude really really I, I, you're you're i'm i'm dead I, i'm dead and you're still doing this thing come on get your shit together son and if he's a ghost that can go anywhere like surely he knows who the pope is and it's like oh Okay, this makes more sense now. Right, it's not like how dare you? He was he was eight when you died. And not just not just not just him, but like everybody was like it was giving him grew. I felt so bad for Aoya because his brother is just like I'm so disappointed in you. I'm like he was freaking gaslit, gate boss by. Pope Arles for since he was eight years old. Okay, give him a break. Everybody, listen. I'm sorry when you when you sit there and tote that Shaka is the smartest, most powerful next to God, and he also got tricked by the Pope. How dare you be mad at Alia, who was like eight, who was lied to and groomed into this position and get mad at him. How dare you, Aoleus? You're already dead and I want to kill you again. And and as as a Gemini, I can attest that we are the most manipulative people on the planet. So, I mean, it just all adds up. It adds up and it makes sense. I, I think he does because it, it, it comes up later. He knows who it was. He, he saw his face. Yeah, 
No, we actually do in the in the in the as a matter of fact in that in that very thing he's explained that Sayori is explaining it shows that, that he saw the face. I don't know. By the way, if he if he if this is something that was told to her by her grandfather, like oh he saw the Pope's true face, why would he not tell her? Who the Pope truly is. Why would there be at no point, by the way, spoilers, hey, this is the guy who's the Pope. He's <laughs> it's like, no, apparently he just like, I like, I, I just see her grandfather being like, no, I'm not going to say anything. I want to see how this plays out. This is going to be juicy. This is some dramatic tension here. Oh my God. No, no, no. Hold on. I, I, I have to, I have to, no, I'm going to go, I'm going to go back to something near you said. I have to say, I have to say this. How does he like? How does like? Oh, if that's the case, how does he? How does she know that that, uh, that Iorio saw saw the Pope's face? Just slightly off topic. Um, when I, I I rewatched Sailor Moon Eternal, and I completely forgot that. Um, so Nehalinia is basically a ripoff of Maleficent because she's like the. Yes, it's a it's a Sleeping Beauty story. Yeah, she she's the the queen of the new moon, so the the dark moon, the black moon, and she wasn't invited to Serenity's like christening birth party thing, just like Maleficent, and that's her whole crux for being angry at the the Moon Kingdom and the Moon Family and all that. Um, so Maleficent, but there is a fight between Queen Serenity and Nehalenia, where Queen Serenity is straight up is like, I could kill you, but I'm just gonna lock you away to use you as a traumatic experience for my daughter in a thousand years, like. Bitch, bitch could have just killed her, but no, like they, we could have avoided the whole, the whole super S arc, in general. Yeah, like she's like, and it's kind of the same situation here. It's the grandpa's like, I could tell you who the Pope is because Aeolus obviously told me because I'm recounting this story to you of how he saw the face, but for character development's sake, I'm gonna let you find out on your own, and then he just dies. <laughs> I I I'm I'm gonna make you a plot device. <laughs> anyways, anyways, back on topic. It just it just dawned on me. I was like, oh my god, yeah, you're right. How does he know? <laughs> For the sake of the plot, I'm just gonna keep that to myself. And I mean, to be fair, this was the man who adopted 99 orphans and sent them to be basically cold. So yeah, that tracks. For suspension. For sus. For suspension's sake. And also, there was a there's another part. I wish that I could remember. So, um, the, the I can't I can't remember if it was part of Sayori explaining the backstory, or if it came up a little bit later. But she was talking about how her grandfather like had them become bronze saints specifically to protect her, and like be her guardians. There's like four other bronze saints that just got off scot-free by just decided not to go along against the black saints and just stop being involved altogether. Yeah, they they are very much like, hey, we're cool being second string. You mean we don't have to get our asses kicked by the most powerful men on the planet? Sweet. What a sweet deal for us. If you go back, if you go back and watch the the Galaxian tournament, the Galaxian arc, it was literally like just pure chance that Hyoga and Chidiu were around and, and Shun were around when they needed to like leave right then to go and chase after the Black Saints. But it's so like that makes sense. But like everything afterwards, like if the grandfather chose these like eight kids or nine or how many, I think there's nine 
There was 99. He sent out 99 kids. Well, no, like, that that actually became saints. You know, you know, you know, you know what it is? It's, it's like, you know, when you're, when you're working, when you're working, I used to, I used to do like, I used to do like, I used to work at a retail store. And they always get these, and they always get, like, they always choose like a couple of guys. They always choose the same couple of guys to do, the, to do all the stuff. And I'm, but I'm always like, you know, I'm, I'm going to step back here a little bit. Back, no one's going to see me. So it's like, <laughs> I bet you, I bet you, I bet you. Nachi, I bet Geki. you Jabu, Geki and uh, Bon. Ichi, uh, Nach, and the other guy. Geki. And Geki. And Gatch and Geki were like, Don, and they're all like, they all said, uh, they all went, one, two, three, not it. Yeah, basically. They did the thing where you touch your nose, but you don't make the like bring light to it, and the last person to touch your nose is it. Well, not. I mean, to be fair, Jabu wouldn't do that. Jabu was very much like, "Oh, Miss Saori." Like speaking of simps. <laughs> but yeah, it, I just thought it was funny because like she mentions about how her father, like they these kids were becoming bronze saints to protect her, but only half of them are actually following through, and the other half are just like getting gelato or boba tea or something like. Whatever. Well, like, apparently they hang out at her house and they protect her house. And I'm like, why? I was going to say, they're, they're, they're freeloaders. I'm, I'm going to say, they're just freeloading off, off her riches. That's like the greatest thing ever. Well, they, they arrive. It's so funny because they arrive, like, again, like, we'll get to it. But they arrive in Sanctuary and they're like, hey, we're ready to fight. And it's freaking, what's his name? Tatsumi, who was like, nah, dog, they already gone. You you just have to stay here. <laughs> it's over. He's pretty much, literally, he's like, you guys missed your chance. Just hang out here. Steel. The Steel Saints are her bodyguards at this point. Like, more like her butlers, but... <laughs> yeah, right! Oh my god, there's, there's, there's like three, now we have three other guys that don't, that do, do that, that are supposed to be like the, like the mythical ones that are supposed to protect them, and it's like, they, they, they're, I'm pretty sure there's gonna like, uh, guys, um, let's just hide here. Let's just hide in the kitchen. Because if they're gonna tell us we need to go somewhere, we're just gonna like just pretend like we didn't hear anything and just let them do take care of it. It's not like you could even just go bring them a band aid or something. God. Like, the least they could have done. Uh, and and I understand that like the the story goes on and does other things, but the least they could have done is like after the sanctuary arc. Like, the they teach the the bronze saints that went to sanctuary teach the other bronze saints like how to access their like seventh sense and stuff, like just to make them stronger as a team. But no, they just kind of nope out of the story for the most part. Like they pop in occasionally. Yeah, just 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 just, just like just hang out here. Just, like, like like I'm here too. I I'm not doing I'm not doing much either. We'll just we're just we're just gonna here we're just here for the paycheck. What drives me crazy. <laughs> what drives you crazy is that like they're there they're just standing there looking over Saori's unconscious body and Kiki's the one who takes off his shirt to cover her in the rain Moo doesn't do anything the other bronze saints don't be like hey let's get her an umbrella let's take her inside the house no they just stand there looking at her getting soaking wet as this four year old <laughs> is the only one who offers her some sort of help we're a super rich family. We own multiple jets, but only one can go to Greece at a time. So sorry, we just got to you're just gonna stay here. I mean, we know that you're not that strong, but uh, you like they don't need any backup. It's not like they're like all on the brink of death, Leo. At this point, it's fine. Whatever. I think it's it's hard it's hard to be like, hey, 
We need your help over here. Would you... All the way, all the way, you're all the way. If you're like in, if you're all the way, say you're like in Virgo house, or you can't, you can't just start screaming. <laughs> Go get him some Starbucks. <laughs> like, just do something useful. Hmm. Speaking of Moo, I'm glad that we got to see him in these episodes. <laughs> Moo was always one of my favorites growing up. I, I really, he, when I was growing up, him and Aldebaran were my two favorites. It's kind of evolved from there, obviously, as I've gotten older. I, 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 what I know about you, that makes so much sense. As, as, well, I just, I, I literally have, so like, there's, uh, the, the people that show up to, um, basically like kick say while he's down but while because alias it's the i think it's the last three silver saints uh, that show up and they're just kind of like kicking say while he's down there's one of them that's like big and beefy and i don't know if you guys have know who julie brown is um but she has a song called i like them big and stupid and that song i I like them big and real dumb. And that's just was playing through my head. I was like, I like this guy. And they, they, it was kind of a, it was, it was interesting because that guy that I don't remember his name because he was a throwaway villain. Um, but he was like a big beefy meathead guy, but he used wind powers, which is usually like the small, like real slender people that have wind. Cause it's like speed is what it's like synonymous with. So I thought that was kind of cool that the big guy, the big lumbering guy had wind powers, but, but yeah, I was just like, I like them big and stupid. <laughs> and I was just playing through my head the whole time. Yeah. <laughs> oh God. Yes. Yeah, because we didn't want to have the confrontation between Seiya and Aeolia just yet. So they were basically there to be, like, showing off the Sagittarius cloth and what it can do. And Aeolia, like, not have to be the target. Like, it was just, they were just plot devices, unfortunately. <laughs> they were mooks. Oh, yeah, that, that, that's, that, that, that fits those, those, those three silver saints at the end that we see. They're just like, they're, yeah. They 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 ain't nothing, especially since like they're. I'm pretty sure they were they were sent there to just be like a sacrificial lamb because like they're gonna get their butts kicked anyways. They genuinely were, and then um, I do getting to one of the other episodes was the one where Deathmatch shows up in uh, the five peaks, and uh, or the seven peaks. I don't know the number of peaks. <laughs> okay, it's either five or seven. So the five great peaks. He shows up and like he basically he says he's there one to kill Shiryu, but he also claims that he's there for Doko because Doko has also been labeled a traitor. And which I have always been fascinated by because I think that's kind of cool that he's like, okay, you know, the Pope sent me here basically as an assassin to go after Doko, which knowing who the Pope is and what he knows. The fact that he sent Death Mask after Doko, I'm like, do you not like Death Mask? Because that's just mean. Like, I know Doko's an old man, and people, like, underestimate him, and that's kind of, like, his whole shtick, is that people think he's, like, an old dude that's not going to do anything. But, like, the Pope would be aware that he is, like, the, the currently... Oh, right. That he's currently the sole survivor of the last holy war 
that he also is the only saint allowed to hold weapons. <laughs> like, come on. Most powerful. The most powerful gold saint of all of them. Exactly. Like, Death Mask was like, oh shit, really? And I mean, Death Mask was clearly nervous to fight him as well. Like, because... Yeah, he's like, eh, here, he's gonna gonna have to put effort forth today. Maybe not with the blind child, but like with the old man, I'm gonna have to put forth some effort. <laughs> this old man, and I, I just love Doko. I love him to death. He's he's such a good character. Yeah, I was gonna say it's just like I was gonna say it's like you know it it, it was good seeing Doko like kind 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 of getting fleshed out and knowing what happens in the future with the character. And what we know now in the future with the characters, it's just amazing seeing like what, what he is. And he is like one of my favorite characters. Same with um, same with Wu as well. And it's one of the things I was like, I learned to appreciate them later on as I as I as I discovered like stuff later on. Like, cause like obviously when you see the original series, you don't know about this. But when I discovered the internet and I found out what happened, my brain exploded. It's setting up like a the expectation that not all of the gold saints are bad people which i think is the crux of that entire arc is that they're not bad people that some of them are can think logically well that can see not think logically some of them can can see yeah none of them are really think logically but some of them can see past the the charade that's been put on you know like the facade of the the pope and that eventually, hopefully, all of them will. And it kind of sets up that idea that we're probably not going to be killing the Gold Saints. We're going to be trying to win them over more so. Like, yeah, we're going to be fighting them. But we've already won over Mu. Yeah, they're not our enemies. The Pope is the enemy. And if the more people that, that can be convinced that she is the true Athena, then the, the better off they're going to be in the end. Because, like... Right now, the sides are kind of skewed, but having the two gold saints already on their side, and of course, we don't really know a whole lot about Libra right at this point. We just they keep like offhandedly mentioning that he is one, and and but we don't know a whole lot about him. But Mu, we definitely know, is a very powerful gold saint, and to have the two of them already uh, like two out of twelve knocked out, you know, of of the fight, so to say. And then potentially, at this point in the series, potentially also Leo being knocked out of the fight and Sagittarius not having a representative. That kind of evens the playing field a little bit more in the whole power, um, like, dynamic there. Dynamic. Well, the fact, yeah, it, Asaya is almost treated at this point as an honorary Sagittarius because of how he's able to use the cloth. Obviously, it's used as, you know... It's basically used as a way to hand wave him surviving. It's like, okay, well, he can't normally survive this fight, so we'll just throw the Sagittarius armor on him to explain how he got out of this. But it's also a way to kind of be like, you know, again, the gold saints are not synonymous with evil because Aelius was a gold saint, and he is the one who saved Athena in the first place. So it's very much like, again, like you said, the gold saints are not our enemy the the pope is the problem what we need to do is find a way to convince them to see our side which i think is a really interesting 
approach to a narrative because again kind of calling back to the whole idea of dragon ball z it's their goal is not hey let's win this guy over it's hey let's beat the crap let's kill all of these androids and aliens and get rid of them like it's they they do have characters that turn good but the like take android 18 who becomes a good character their goal was never to make her a good guy their goal was to kill her because she was one of the ones responsible for like the bad end future that trunks was from so they their goal was never to like reform her at all she was an android that was like incapable of emotions and like was justifiably you could kill her because she wasn't a person basically so it wasn't as bad as like killing a human or something like that um but with this it's the goal it's it goes unsaid but the goal is definitely not to kill the gold saints like that i don't think that's ever the intention of anybody in in athena's party at all it's to convince them just like they did with alia that she's not fake she's real and that they've been lied to for a long time to the point to where like because it's that old mantra that if like if you can convince yourself of a lie you can convince others and Arles at this point is probably is convinced that that she's fake you know in in his demented mind well i don't think he's convinced that she's fake she i think he's definitely convinced that she is the problem not him right that that he is going that he has is the the true leader and the true uh yeah savior of sanctuary and not her and when we figure out things later as to why that that happens, it makes perfect sense as to like why he's trying to like like trying to like trying to um trying trying to view her as like uh, trying to view her as the villain and try to and try to vilify her so he can so because like because like he eventually figures out like because like his position is like yeah now that now that now that everyone's ignoring they ignores Athena and realizes this is a heretic they can look at me and be the one that they worship. And again, not to spoil, but he is confirmed to be born under Gemini, so he is definitely bipolar. <laughs> no spoilers on who he is, but he is a Gemini. <laughs> right. It's it's so, I, I don't know, I just find it to be so interesting because, again, kind of spoilers for later, is like how we're saying the goal was never to kill the Gold Saints. I think then, given what happens throughout Sanctuary Arc, it just drives home the fact that because of this lie that happened so long ago, this lie that is built into this snowball effect, that it's had these consequences and ramifications that then carry on throughout the rest of the series, it's, I don't know, I just like it. I think it's a good, I think it's a good narrative to be like, hey, we never intended for this to be a massacre. We wanted you to listen to us. We wanted to compromise and to come to an understanding. We wanted to talk and we wanted to fix the problem without resorting to that sort of violence. Obviously, violence was always going to happen given the context of the series, but their goal was not murder for it to then have devolved into what it does happen at the end of Sanctuary Arc, it just kind of leaves like this bittersweet note of, I guess it's almost more real that people will be so stuck in their own heads that they couldn't see that what was happening. And I don't know, I think it's very, 
interesting way to approach the story. Well, again, this, like, again, this is further spoilers, but I do like that's like some of those people that 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 refuse to see the truth actually did eventually find the truth, and in, in their own ways found a way to serve Athena, do in their own way. By, by by redemption, but via like them trying to do trying to trying to pretty much play like all sides. Death mask excluded because death mask is an isolated incident. They're all just no. I also think uh, I, I will also say that Aphrodite is included in that because especially in the manga, Aphrodite says that he knows exactly what was going on the whole time. He knew who the Pope was and what was happening, and he went along with it because he basically was like hey if he well no it wasn't that he believed it he was he basically is somebody who's like survival of the fittest if our if the pope killed Aurea and managed to get rid of athena then he's the strongest and that's who should be in charge that was the that was aphrodite's mindset but no what i was gonna well i, I guess that kind of goes along with it but like out, outside of death mask and i guess aphrodite because i didn't i didn't know that much <laughs> um but the the gold saints in general are just trying to do what's right and what's best for sanctuary and i guess even aphrodite kind of fits into that as survival of the fittest but it's just kind of a little bit more warped than like what you would consider like a normal way of thinking but all of these gold saints are just trying to do what's best for their the world and it's just like it's like if you live in a country that has a lot of propaganda like not to get super political, but like people in North Korea generally believe that Americans and other countries are evil and going to kill them and, you know, burn them at the stake and nuke them at any moment and stuff like that, because that's what they've been told since they were born. And so these gold saints are kind of in that same headspace because they're not that extreme, but they're in a headspace to where they've been lied to constantly. So their version of what's right is not what everybody else is. They've been Gemini Gaslight girl bossed. <laughs> the, G Gemini, Gemini Gaslight Gatekeep. There we go. <laughs> oh god. But yeah, like so they're they're just trying to do what's right and when and it's really evident well when we get to it. I mean we've already seen it with Moo and with Libra, um, that they when they find out the truth, they do change. So now it's just a matter of getting the rest of them to change. They have exactly. All right. So like, like I guess, I guess we should close it out. I think we should start having some closing thoughts here. So what do you guys think of the episodes that we did? I enjoyed most of them. I think that we could have con we could have done a a split of the last episode with June and Miho. If it had been five minutes of Miho and then twenty minutes of June, perfect. <laughs> that would have been fine. The fact that it was inversed bizarre that said i did like the fight with aloya i do like the setup of him having his turn having his second thoughts i think it's great i also love shina of course she was great always like the setup of the rivalry with shiryu and death mask going forward because it'll be interesting to see how that plays out good good setup for what's coming because it is really winding up into the into sanctuary arc now yeah i i totally agree like these these episodes are we're finally getting back out of that um kind of the the silver filler episodes and getting back to things that 
<laughs> that's what it was like there was so many silver filler episodes um but we're getting into episodes that actually matter and not everything is super apparent um like knowing what we know now obviously we can see that these are very pivotal important episodes um but like the the death mask episode you might think that that's just a, another like you know should he use blind and training to become a better fighter throwaway episode and yeah we get to see a new character but you don't understand that that's like the catalyst of his like determination basically to be better than death mask uh because the they even say it towards the end of the episode that he was almost dead because he almost got sucked into that hell world so he knows it's coming and he knows that that's going to be his fight um again the shun one was a little bit out there um rushed shoehorned in however you want to put it but these are really really important episodes i was really glad to revisit them and kind of see how they really were building this world up and building these characters up um because so many times when you get into like the sentai style shows where you have like a team of like five or six people some of the people fall to the wayside admittedly shun and icky fall to the wayside more than the others do but it, th these episodes prove that they, maybe not Icky, because Icky didn't, <laughs> Icky, Icky didn't have an episode. But I digress. Like it, it proves that the show is not going to forget about these other characters. Icky's just going to swoop in like midway through the next arc and just be a, a bad A and and. Icky not showing in this program. Yeah, yeah. There's a, there's a moment, there's a moment in episode forty where they're like. They ask Jun outright if he's heard from his brother. He's like, nope, still not talking to me. And then they just move on. Like, it was just a one-liner. Oh, you're right. Oh, you're right. That, that's, that's, that I remember now because... Doing, doing the movie was great, but it made us forget everything that's ever happened in this show. <laughs> I, I, I forgot about that because I also... I should have remembered. But it was in the Oko episode where... Uh, because I remember it because I... God, I, I care so much about Iki and Shiryu's relationship. They are so important to me. But um, there's the part where he, Iki's like, yeah, Shiryu, if he can't handle it, then he should just stay home. And everybody's like, Iki, you jerk. And I'm like, no, Iki's fair. He's speaking honestly. If Shiryu's blind and can't do things, don't make him fight, please. Don't make him fight anymore. No, Iki. No, he he just he just fucked off because he was like say because he literally he literally says and I will quote. Hold, hold on, let me let me quote this. Let me quote this because this is the most ridiculous. Why did they put this line line ever? Okay, I believe that Seiya can take care of this because he's got the the steel saint behind him. I'm like, oh my god, you idiot! Oh my god, I forgot. <laughs> yeah, because they're. They're so strong and talented and important and relevant and come up often. Yeah, yeah, I just don't, like, yeah, he, I remember that scene, and it's just, like, soon afterwards, like, yeah, don't worry, the silver scenes are behind you. Like, they do a lot outside of that one episode where they transform into Transformers for two seconds. <laughs> oh, this is coming for a Transformers fan, that's why it makes me giggle so much. <laughs> And they absolutely contribute so much to the story. They get Sayori her Starbucks order right every time. So they're real important, okay? That's a that's dedication. 
she asked for a, you know Sayori asked for a lot of extra stuff she's like I need three pumps of caramel a half pump of vanilla I need no foam all whip <laughs> I need it to be made out of oat milk not soy not almond well well what it what it was is it so this incoming Karaf knows way too much about anime and does nothing important with his life incoming um so anime is generally produced in 13 episode batches and if you notice this is episode 40 so this was like the first episode of i you could kind of call it season four but it, it's not really season four but it was the next batch that was produced and so it was really just like a kind of catch-all to get the next big thing started it was kind of like a quote first episode so it was a whole lot of nothing yeah it was a whole a whole lot of recap a whole lot of sentimental goodbyes and then shoehorned in shun's exposition and then we're just going to move on like nothing happened uh that's my thoughts i'm excited for the next round of episodes because we're really getting into my favorite part of this of this arc yeah, I think that's everybody's favorite. I think this is like everyone's favorite part of the series. As for me, like, yeah, it's like uh, the the first three episodes were incredible. I really love these episodes, especially like the fact that it's like we had this really good tension between um, we had this really good tension between uh, um, Iodia and um and Seiya, and that that stuff was really good. And I really do appreciate the way that they that they did it in, in this part. Really, they did a really good job, like you know, explaining a lot of things. And I, you can tell the you can feel the drama, like and you can tell the escalation is really coming. You know, it's just like our little, our little foils aside. It's a, re it's really good. It's a really good like couple parts. And also seeing Death Mask was was really cool. And then how like um we got to see a little bit more of Mu and um and Doko and how they um and how they interacted and how we get to see this revelation that this guy is a little bit more than he is. Something that's gonna pay off way later. But I do really appreciate we see the start seeing those seeds of like. Oh man, this guy is more powerful than, than he than he's laying than he says he is, and like you can tell, like even when he's like, like, like I I'm pretty sure Deathmask could have took him out, but like I'm pretty sure, he, like he's very sure, like I'm very certain he couldn't, like the minute the minute the minute the minute the minute his true power is unleashed, it's like yeah you're 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 screwed, buddy, but then it's like oh 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 move move oh fuck move, and but it's like we don't see much of Moon in the, in the actual in like these in like the first days, it's not until like later on that we see it. His, his true potential is his true potential is oh so good I love it. um and one last thing is, is that like like I said that, that that episode 40 man it's like I felt like you, you ever just get that feeling that when you watch something and you feel like oh man like uh, it's been like 30 minutes and you look at the clock it's in like 5 yes that was that whole episode right and that's why I think compared to the episode with uh, Ordea and Seiya, it kind of really falls flat, which is kind of a bummer. Because I, what I really like is, again, kind of calling back to the whole idea that they did not come into this intending to kill or, you know, do serious harm to the Gold Saints. Like, we get the first hint that Seiya has this relationship with Aurea where he was growing up and he admired him and Aurea seemed to have some kind of fondness for him as well because I think he probably saw a lot of himself in Seiya. I mean, Seiya was also an outcast and so was Aoria and all that. And so for... I don't know. I just like the setup here that not all the Gold Saints are bad and not only that they can have these close relationships to the Bronze Saints because we also see that later, obviously, with Hyoga and Camus 
and we also, you know, obviously Shiryu and Doko and all that. I don't know. I just like that it kind of humanizes the Gold Saints because they are toted so heavily as above above everyone else. They're the most powerful, most specialist, importantest people, but they also feel very human when they are, you know, say as childhood hero. <laughs> I don't know. I just thought it was a really nice touch. Alright, alright. But yeah, like I said, these were really good episodes with the exception of the last episode. Really good, um, really good, it was really good seeing, like, really, it was really good seeing the series really, um, start going to pace instead of just, like, the, the silver standard of the week thing that we've been going through for these last couple of episodes. And like I said, like, these next, these next, these, this next episode, we're going, we're on the ground running at this point. It's like, no matter what, it's like, we're, we're it's gonna be a mess and a half, and I'm, I can't wait for us to tackle all these episodes. And we get to see my husbando. Which one? Aldebaran. Oh Come right, on. Aldebaran. Okay, I yeah, that's coming up soon. I I'm like with his un his his perfect unibrow. I love it. <laughs> you hardly see it with his helmet on. Shh, it's okay. It's there. <laughs> no, everybody has a favorite. Everybody has a favorite gold saint. Sometimes, every I guess two favorite gold saints because everybody. I, everybody I know who watches Saint Seiya is like, of course, the gold saint for my zodiac sign is great. And I say this as a Virgo. <laughs> but then they also have like their, their actual true favorite gold saint. <laughs> as, a, as a Gemini, I'm very conflicted with that statement. <laughs> you see, I guess we, I was going to say, like, I think, we, I think all of us have, at least have one, even me. I mean, I'm a Virgo. I, Shaka's great. He's, he's fine. I like Shaka a lot. I will tell you that my true heart, my true Virgo kin is <laughs> Shun. I'm like, yes, Shun is my the Virgo of my heart. He is my comfort character. He is my comfort Virgo. <laughs> yeah, well, as like I said, like, like I already mentioned mine. I already mentioned my favorites. So it's like, you know, and, like, and the good news is like we get to see him again very soon. At least one of them. As a, as a Sagittarius, I, I actually agree with it because like, I, I, I mean, Iodius is a great character. But Doko! Look at Doko! Look at him! At least I've got Canon. Yeah, Canon's great. Canon's great. Yes, Canon. There's also tons of Geminis. There's tons of Geminis who are really good characters. And it's so funny to me that, that Marin is a Pisces. Because I think of Marin and I'm just like, totally, totally don't see her as a Pisces. But whatever. It's so funny. Alrighty then. This has been a really fun episode. I, I'm like I always say this every time. I miss doing these things. I, I I I know we're all really busy with doing different things, but just like I, whenever I I whenever I have to, whenever I step on here, I don't feel like anxiety. I feel really good doing this with you guys. I'm feeling really good right now. I'm all smiles right now. But unfortunately, we have to we have to call it we have to call it here for right now. So. Is there any, so um, I'm gonna give the I'm gonna give the floor first to Common Writer Free because he's got something that he's been working on. And I want to talk a little bit about what he's been doing. So I have mentioned it a couple of times, but we are about to officially launch um, Ancient Anime, which is my podcast. Um, basically, every week the, there's gonna be some weeks where I'm by myself because people are busy, but every week I'm gonna try and have some other people that are um into more classic anime i've let them select what we watch for the most part sometimes it's a, a unified agreement like when nuri and i kind of came to the same agreement on something that you'll see 
um, which was very important that we talked about. But basically, <laughs> we just rewatch old anime from 80s, 90s, sometimes the 70s, sometimes the real early 2000s, and just watch it with 2022 in context and see, is this really actually a good piece of media or is it just nostalgic? And we make jokes and we have fun, but at the end of the day, it's really to see, did these works of art, which anime is art, if it holds up, you know, sometimes 30, 40 years later. Um, so that's, that's my, it's been my passion project. I've recorded a few episodes in advance so that I can keep up with the pace of releasing weekly. But my goal is actually the first Tuesday in April. So that would be April the 5th to release it. Um, I know that iTunes is a little bit funky if it's your first upload, so that might be delayed. But as of right now, that is my launch date for Ancient Anime Episode 1, where I will be talking about Pokemon, the first movie. Um, I will be by myself in this episode just because it was it was... I wanted to make sure that it was done in time and being able to work with everybody's schedules. But yeah, so episode one of Ancient Anime will be out on April 5th, talking about Pokemon, the first movie, to see is it actually a good movie or is it just nostalgic because everybody collected Pokemon cards. But we'll see. Me hiding my copies of of, of Pokemon's um, Shield and Legends Arceus on the side, like you didn't see this. I've been playing Legends Arceus every day since it came out. I got all the shinies. Not really, but I have a lot, and I love them, and they're my children. Um, but yeah, it's a, a, just an hour. If you want to take an hour of your week out to listen to that alongside the Cosmocast, I'd be super honored. Um, you can follow that at, at Ancient Anime Pod on both Instagram, which is about to come much more active, and our Twitter that has been active for a little bit now. You're going to hear some familiar faces. Uh, I guess voices. Hear some, hear some familiar faces. Nuri, I don't want to hear it, Nuri. <laughs> I will make you watch Gravitation. Don't test me. No! <laughs> no, you will hear some familiar voices in the upcoming episodes. Um, and yeah, and Most notably, the two people that you hear in this show. But I also have some other people that really are interested and excited to do some episodes from cosplayers to people on YouTube all across the gamut of kind of the anime sphere. So I'm really excited to uh, share this project with you guys. Make sure to follow me at Common Rider Furry. Um, I do have an Instagram there too, which is about to become much more active because I've got to promote the crap out of the show. Um, but I'm also funny, I think. I would. <laughs> I think I'm hilarious. <laughs> Ah, you're fine. You're fine. You 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 bring a smile. You bring a smile every time you message me. So don't worry about it. Even if I don't respond, I'm like, oh, it's my it's my buddy. It's my buddy. Sometimes you just as a side note. Sometimes you like react to stuff, and that doesn't alert me. So I just sit there and I think, wow, Ramsey's just randomly decided that he fucking hates me and never wants. And then I look and I'm like, oh, he laugh reacted to it. Never mind. <laughs> I, I just had, you just went through like the five stages of grief. <laughs> I went through all the grief stages in about 30 seconds. <laughs> uh, hopefully soon you, hopefully soon you will get to hear a lot of stuff. I cannot wait to hear the one with you and Yuri. It sounds like, I sound like a really cool, it was something like a really cool experience. Oh my God. We, we went in, we went in on that show. And I can't wait for you. And I can't wait for you. I can't wait for you to listen to what we did. Oh, I'll, I'll, um, I'll talk about this off, off, off air, but um, yeah, 
Um, but yeah, um, Nuri, you have anything you want to promote? Anything you want to talk about? Anything you have to discuss? Any dirty limericks? Anything you want to say? Uh, um, other than, you know, watch ancient anime, I'm also going to make an appearance possibly quite frequently. <laughs> it's still in the works. Um, again, as always, follow me on Twitter. Tell me your opinions. Tell me your thoughts. I don't mind talking about people. I have gotten really into Witcher lately, so anyone who wants to talk about Netflix, speaking of, <laughs> hit me up. I will give you my opinions on the Witcher show. Um, but... And absolutely do not tweet anything about gravitation or watching gravitation for ancient anime. Don't do it. Don't do it. Respect her. Respect Nuri and don't post any of it on her her feed at all. Don't tag her in anything. You need to stop because if my notifications become filled with gravitation, I, I will block you on everything. <laughs> it's literally me cyberbullying. That's all it is. If, if it makes you, Nuri, 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 I'm gonna tell you one last thing before we go. Common uh, Rider Furry has something on me as well, so don't worry about it. I don't. He doesn't have anything on me. This isn't like my secret shame. It's not. <laughs> How dare you imply that it is? No, but I said he has like my kryptonite. He knows my like Common Rider Furry knows my kryptonite now. I'm trying to get him to watch a terrible movie. I gotta have some episodes that are bad. Like we've been watching real good stuff so far. Well. I mean, no, believe me, I, I, I have some terrible stuff for us to watch. Don't worry. I know, but it's just like... You made me a promise. I'm not going to say it on air, but you made me a promise. <laughs> no, but like, he, he found my kryptonite, and I'm like... Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Well, well, well. Which one is it? Yeah, anyways. Yeah, so, first for me, like, you know, keep listening to the show here. You can follow me on Twitter, which is L underscore Ramsey's. Um, I also, if you want to follow the show as well, you can follow the show on Twitter, which is Twitter at SDCosmoCast. We are on every platform available. We're on Google Podcasts, um, Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, um, Spotify, uh, Amazon Music, you know, everything you can think of like, which should be there. And also, if you can't find it, there's going to be RSS feed there as well, so you can put it up on anywhere you listen to your, your podcast. So hopefully you can do that as well. Um, we are on YouTube. Um, I think the YouTube. I, I'll post a link to the YouTube on our like our descriptor because like so those weird things was like so many things. But like we post our clips, our best of clips of the show on, on there. So it's like if you ha if you have any if you have any favorite clips that you want that you want to share with us or you want to mention to me on on Twitter or anywhere anywhere you can get a hold of me, you're more than welcome to um to get a hold of me. And um, nothing else. Nothing else. I think, like you know, we're, I'm still finalizing a few things on a, on a, on a, some other projects I'm trying to do as well. But like I said, I'm I'm doing stuff with Common Rider Furry. I'm gonna help him out with a few things as well. As a matter of fact, when this show's done, I'm gonna have to talk to him about a few things as well. But not in a bad way. It's actually gonna be really good. And um, yeah, that's about it for me. Um, so for me, I am Ramses. I'm Neri. And I'm KRF. And we're all here to say, keep burning that cosmos. Bye! 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 Caballero Zenodiaco, cuando lanza su ataque, entonando cuenta su canción, la canción de los heroes.